Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best. I'm Trey Gonzalez, and I'm here with a very special guest, independent player development coach Tim Springer, working from athletes at the lowest level all the way to professional um, in the NBA and so on. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing very well, and I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, I know you have a busy schedule, so I thank you for taking time out. Um, Coach, you are based out of San Antonio, Texas. That's where you got. That's where you live. This is kind of where you got all of your programs and training and all that started. Can you tell me about what San Antonio means to you? Um, San Antonio means a lot. I actually originally grew up in New York, upstate New York. Um, okay. I played two years of college and came down to San Antonio, hoping to be able to play my last two years. Um, moved in with a friend that had moved down here before. Um, and was chasing my, my college, my last two years of college. It didn't work out in that way, kind of God's intentions. But at the same time, he gave me the blessing of coaching um, at first and then skills training and showing me just a path that has led to everything. Has led to, you know, 150-player program at the youth level. Wow. Tons of college and pro players as well as, um, you know, I also have a family. This is where my family yeah. is. This is where I feel like home is. I'm from New York, but this is where home is. So San Antonio has just been amazing. And then obviously the cool stuff from the sports standpoint of, mm. you know, we've got to see uh, one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history with the Spurs. So no it's doubt. been cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And a lot of good exposure there for the Spurs and, and all that you're around. But when you moved from player to coach, what was the transition like and what made you decide, you know what, I'm going to stick to basketball instead of going into any other field? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because now that I'm the age I am, I see a lot of 20-year-olds, you know, early 20s and some mid-20 guys that are just holding on to the game for as long as they can because they love it. Yeah. Um, they're trying to keep a pro career going or start a pro career that never had a chance sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes right. they, are, you know, they do have a chance. But I was that same guy. And I just was very honest with myself that college basketball was done. And if college basketball was done, a jump at a pro situation was just – it didn't seem like the right investment to make and get the right ROI if, yeah. if it was even going to work. So, um, you know, at that time I was also working restaurant jobs. Okay. And, but but tired of it because I had been doing it since I was about 17 because it was just – you know, you're going up through school, you're an athlete, you got to work whatever side jobs you can get to, to put some money in your pocket. Mm -hmm. But I was tired of it. I was ready to find something permanent. Um, thank God, one of the places that I was training at, it's called Home Court America. It's no longer in existence here in San Antonio. It was an mm -hmm. amazing place. Um, I got the opportunity to start a job as a skills trainer. And at first it was like, well, this is better than restaurant money. Right. I like this. And then about a year or two in, I said, this is really what I want to be. Um, I, I just thrived off. I loved, At that point, I really loved co team coaching. Not to say I don't now, but especially then. Um, but the skill side of it was just so fun. The relationships you build, the development you get with players. I just took it around with it. I just took it around with it. I actually yeah. joined the National Guard so I could go back to school. Since I wasn't going to get an athletic scholarship, I got, I guess you could say, a military scholarship sure. um, through the GI Bill. And uh, got my kinesiology, came out. And, well, during the, actually, during the kinesiology part, um, I was coaching a lot already in private schools. And I was starting Spartan Basketball, the skill development program we have now. And so it was kind of pulling in both ways because I had a dream of being this amazing historical public school coach that had all these banners and a gym named after him and all this. Yeah. But at the same time, 
my first son was born and, and just looking at business and entrepreneurialism and I, I feel I've always had that in me. I just didn't know what it was because back in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't talked about like it is now. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, I was just a kid with ADD back then. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kid that had more relevant things to learn, but he wanted to learn. So anyways, I just saw that the skills training was going to be my route. Uh, I went all in on it. I still coached side, on the side for private schools, but it wasn't like my primary profession the team coaching right. um and it's just grown man it's like i said it's just been a blessing a lot of hard work a lot of sleepless nights tons of hours in the gym uh, as well as you know learning wherever i could but it's been awesome i, I just you know it, it kind of goes with that saying you're gonna be older more more than how's it go you're gonna be older longer than you're gonna be younger right that would describe the switch for me from being a player to a coach mm. you're gonna be a player shorter than you could be a coach and exactly. i just knew it was that time so i gotta know a little bit more about the fact that you are an independent player development coach can you tell me all that that entails i know you make relationships you're not so much on the team scene as you um as a lot of other coaches are but you get to really be one-on-one -on -one and personalized with some players is that correct yeah yeah it's, it's almost um for lack of better terms, it's almost like a consultant job, you could say. You know, mm. players will hire me, and obviously I'll go through their film. We'll talk, if, if possible, I'll talk to their coaches. We'll look at where they're at now, what their goals are, especially if you're talking like maybe a rookie pro. You know, right now yeah. it's, hey, let's make a team. Let's get this first contract. But then five years from now, what are we trying to accomplish? Where are we trying to be? Things like that. Um, for the younger kids, you know, the high school kids, it's, okay, you say you want to be a college basketball player and have a scholarship and whatever else okay we're in the here now how can we be great this season and what's going to close the deal on that college scholarship for you or yeah. you know just those kind of transitions and so it's, it's really fun sometimes teams also bring me in i'm actually in a few weeks here i'm going to be off to sicily in italy wow. i'm going to be working with um the pro, a pro team out there for two weeks and then going to rome and i'm going to be doing the same kind of skill development but it's going to be more for a youth program similar to what i have in san antonio so mm. it, it's really adaptable to whatever the needs are of either a the player b the team or c the organization but the way i try to describe it to everybody is we just go in and enhance everything um from a skill level, player development, obviously, you know, yeah. guys, guys or, or girls shooting better, handling the ball better, but also the mental side of the, just their performance. Um, you know, I try to put as much leadership into it, being being military, being infantry from the National Guard. I mean, the, the military is a big leadership factory. Yeah. And you learn so many valuable tools from that. And I, I like try to instill that as well. And then even being the, the owner of a, of a business, because that builds leadership skills that sometimes you don't see as maybe an employee as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Goodness gracious, you so you are all over the place developing players and getting camps going and all that stuff. So you really get a chance to see the world while you do this. Yeah, it, it has opened up and it's it's been special and I think that's one of the major things I try to preach is that man, if you treat this game right and you and you commit and you do right by others and you really give to the game it's true diligence of the work and the 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 patience with the commitment yeah it, this sport and any sport really will, will open its doors to you you know what i mean mm -hmm. um that's i mean that's even something i'm trying to push push upon my my sons you know what i mean that hey man if you if you take this game seriously and you really like it and you 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 respect the game like the, us old schoolers used to say you respect the game right. um 
It'll it'll love you twice back, tenfold back, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. I wanted to get some tips from you on the way that you look at practice, the way that you approach training and stuff like that. Obviously, mentality has a huge role in how successful you can be in a sport. How much time do you focus on players with the way that they're thinking about the game, the way that they're thinking about different aspects like confidence and uh, and skill sets? Tons. Tons. Mm. Um, especially because, in my opinion, I mean, don't get me wrong, the skill and the development, all that is a component of this. But the end game is the player with the most confidence will produce the most. Right. Bottom line, bottom, Michael Jordan was the most confident player on the floor every single night. I mean, we've all heard the stories how he pulled up on the team's away bus, smoking a cigar, talking about who's going to check me tonight, and mm. then dropping 50 on the guy. That's confidence. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Kobe, that's confidence. LeBron, that's confidence. Um, and, you you know, knowing that stuff, too, you can also see what players lack. And it's, I think that's the end game you're always trying to get to. That's the mountaintop. But that comes with the mental development, the smaller pieces of mental development, like the courage to try new things, the persistence um, and the resilience to build a skill. And, of course, the skills in there as well. But when you can mix that and then I think the IQ, and I think that's where some of these players are lacking these days, is they got the skill, skill, skill. They can dribble like Kyrie and put it on Instagram and everybody thinks it's sexy and bam, they're a good basketball player. Yeah. And that's, and actually that's low IQ if you're dribbling six times. Only James Harden's allowed to do that and be nice at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, and I think when you ask that, when you add the IQ and you, you know, for lack of better terms, look, if you give a soldier a gun, that doesn't mean he's a great soldier. If you give a soldier the skills of how to use his, his rifle or his weapon and how to land nav and all that, and then also understand the principles of war hmm. or combat for that situation, just like when I was going through basic training, we were be they were they were they were transitioning from the shift of training out in the open woods and nature like it was in Vietnam to the urban uh environments of what we were seeing in iraq and afghanistan at times yeah. so you know what i mean that's that knowing what it is that landscape and i think for us trainers the biggest thing is um sometimes we make the mistake of like you know hey i look at the nba and i go okay this is what the best do how do i shrink that down to every level but at the same time like the james harden example i'm not gonna take that and trickle that down to a middle schooler He's not going to have that role. That's not even a relevant thing for them to do. So what is the the combat environment for them? You know what I mean? And and getting them to see it. So you can get them to a skilled point where they can listen to you and respond and you can tell them what the environment is and they can go, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, all that. But what about that soldier, that sergeant or that lieutenant that needs to take his team into that area with no guidance? Does he know how to navigate that? You know what I mean? That's where we try to go with it. Um, As you can tell, I I carry a lot of infantry terms into it. But that's where I think you get the best performance out of players. Okay. And then then just them fully believing in themselves. You know what I mean? Be willing to bet on themselves completely. So would you say that that's one of the first steps in becoming a great basketball player is just having that initial confidence? And then, I mean, because obviously confidence comes from – you know, executing things and doing things the right way, being successful. So the first step would have to be, okay, I can do it. And then you prove it to yourself. Um, 
Yes and no. No, because I think the full confidence is the end result of all the work put in together with the skill, the mental preparation, the, the basketball IQ. So I think it's the end result, not so much the first side of it. Mm. But I think you're, you're on the right track as far as it being a microcosm because of the fact that you you start that attitude and that, that path of build, 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 be confident and go in the skills training. So it may not be I'm coming off pick and roll, reading the hedge, hitting the roller, or pulling up, step back, and all that, and having the confidence to do that. But it's, okay, I'm young. Do I have the confidence in my left and right hand to dribble and go make layups? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a little – that's a mini journey. And you take that one, and then what's the next milestone? You take that next one. But those little mini journeys are the exact same journey you're taking on the big road of what I was just talking about a couple minutes ago. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, I wanted to know about a little bit more on who you've been able to work with. I know that you have worked with people at a very young age all the way to the professional um, standard of basketball. Who have you been able to work with that maybe some of the listeners would recognize? Um, you know, uh, NBA-wise, there's there's guys like George Hill, C.J. Miles, Danny Green, Jan Mahimi, WNBA, mm-hmm. Daniel Robinson, and them. Um, a lot of American, um, European players that maybe not everybody listening to your podcast would know, but maybe in the yeah. San Antonio area a lot of times because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of my clients are San Antonio based to some extent. Like all my NBA players live in San Antonio; they don't necessarily travel to San Antonio just to train with me. So uh, I've been blessed. I mean, at every 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 level, NBA, WNBA, you know, D one, major mid um, major D ones, mid majors. It, it's been a lot, um, you know, and I don't like to toot my own horn, but I, I just say that it's been a very, mu- it's very much been a blessing to see all those levels. But even more importantly, it's been a blessing to build a relationship with those players, even yeah. even, the, even the kids. You know what I mean? Like, I know, you know, here's a great example. I was at the Spurs game last night. I was a little disappointed in, in the Raptors production, but I was at the Spurs <laughs> game last night with my son, and we're, and we're in the Pizza Hut line. That's what he wanted to eat. And someone taps me on the shoulder. It's this, you know, 23-year-old kid with a beard. And, and he, I, it took me about 30 seconds to zero in his face and figure out who it was because the last time I'd seen him, he was an eighth grader. Mm. And he said, Coach, you know, hey, man, I'm not doing basketball anymore, but thank you. Like, here's what I'm doing with my life. Um, I taught you taught me so much. And, wow. you know, it's kind of funny. Like, you can tell the influence you have on them because they always come with the same story. And I know they don't mean to, like, kind of bluff it, but they're like, yeah, man, I, I want to get back in basketball. I just haven't had a chance. And they're just <laughs> telling me basically that, hey, life has moved on from basketball, and this is my responsibilities now. But they – they that connection with me was through basketball so, was so strong mm-hmm. that they want to feel like we still have it. So they even tell me, oh, man, you know, I'm getting back in basketball. Like, for instance, then two minutes later, we're still in line. Another kid that I trained a little later in life, high school, comes to me. He's like, coach, I'm on the practice squad for the women's team at TCU. Man, I love it. That's cool. And it was just, but it was the same exact connection where he was still in the game and relevant to some extent, but he again wanted to come to me and have a basketball connection at that point. And that's what we build our relationship out of. And I, I just, I love all the players I work with in basketball from the standpoint of that game allows me to spawn those kind of relationships. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I wanted to also talk to you about the fact that you can really reach out to more people now than ever with social media. How big of a role does social media play in your career at this point in time? Um, 
it's 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 everything from the standpoint of expanding the mission and and i want to preface that because i see a lot of us using social media thinking it's the everything you know like ig stories the trainers holding the phone while they're in the middle of the workout like i do not mean like that like you need to keep basketball and the relationships in its purest form but i mean from the standpoint of going from a program in san antonio where um I, i was collecting money up at the door i didn't know who was gonna come text messages were kind of starting back then i'm showing up to the gym hoping 10 people show up and nobody shows up to Uh. now where i say oh let's run a camp or a clinic i send a few emails out i post it on facebook do some other little marketing within social media just to you know basically invest into the marketing and the next thing i know 20 players are showing up they've paid online everybody knows what's going on and the relationship i built on social media has them even more warmed up and prepped to being in the gym with me where this isn't a cold awkward environment where we have to warm that up they're coming in like heck yeah i get to work with this guy he works with so-and-so or i've seen his work with those high school girls man i I can't wait to be in the gym and then it just makes my job easier of taking them where I want to take them because there's already pre-buy-in before the gym. So to me, that's where social media is special. And it's just a blessing for us coaches and trainers to be here. And I think we need to stop. I know we complain sometimes because players are on it a lot when back in the day they'd be shooting the ball more, dribbling more. But that is what it is. Use it for what it's worth. Right, right. I wanted to know a little bit about who you model your coaching after. I know that you kind of, after a while you kind of model your coaching after multiple coaches pro and college but who are some of your favorite coaches to watch and just learn from oh man um greg popovich is amazing if we're talking coaching um i've watched a lot with him i've I've had the blessing of being an intern with the san antonio silver stars uh who are now the the Vegas Aces under Dan Hughes, who just won the WNBA uh, finals championship with the Seattle Storm. Oh, cool. Um, He influenced me a lot early on. And then because I've always been a skill guy, Gannon Baker has influenced me a lot. Um, Drew Hanlon a lot recently, especially now that I'm reaching the pro level more and and just his guidance and mentorship has been phenomenal to me. Um, There's so many Olaf Lange for the, he's in the WNBA. He's over in Europe another very influential person in my life um you know and i still listen to them and i think what happens is you get older and you do it more and not just say like oh i've reached this point where i don't need to listen anymore but when you're younger you're listening a lot a lot a lot because you're trying to formulate your own view and philosophies on what development or what coaching should be depending on what you're doing yeah and you're trying to implement all that and you're trying to figure out what works for you what doesn't and you mess it up sometimes it gets right sticks it doesn't stick whatever but like now I feel like I'm almost to the point where I'm still listening and I have my eyes and ears always open to what other people are doing. Um, one person I'd say right now that I've been paying a lot of attention to is Phil Handy. He's uh, he, he, he's the one who linked up with Star Vision and did the training app, but also mm-hmm. as a player development guy for the Raptors. I've been listening to tons of what he's doing. Um, I love his work. But like I said, as you get into the later years, it's more about okay, you're starting to find your own voice. You're starting to find your own flow, your own rhythm of what you do and how you take a player from X or from A to B and B to C and perfecting your voice and your rhythm of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. 
even to the point where I, I decided like 2000, cause I'm, I'm, I'm such a learner. Sometimes I listen too much. Like I need to stop listening, turn it off and go, go implement, go do, go figure out and go. Mm-hmm. And so like, even one of my commitments of 2019 has been, okay, you can still listen, but there's got to be caps on it because we're going to do a whole bunch of going and finding your own voice and pushing. That's why I'm even committing a lot to putting a lot of my stuff on YouTube in 2019. So that'd be a real okay. cool place that people could go check me out and subscribe. There's, there's some stuff there now, but there's going to be tons of stuff uh, rolling out in these next few weeks just because I, I think it's time for me to be that guy, that, that veteran that's going to go lead the other ones and show them my philosophy so they can help them build their philosophy. Yeah. That'll be an awesome thing to do. And when you do, definitely let us know and we can kind of put that out for you, help you promote it. Um, Coach, if given the opportunity, the Spurs or any other organization in the NBA came to you and said, we'd like you to work for us, would you want to take that job or do you value this independent um, style that you're in right now? Um, Well, if if it's a matchup between the NBA and my independent lifestyle, uh, the NBA would win. So the thing that it's it's really up against is uh, my family, um, and I understand basketball in itself is a sacrifice, even if you're a high school, private school coach, because I've been there. Yeah. Um, but the what what the independent lifestyle of it, especially being an entrepreneur, has allowed me to do is yes, have more time freedom with my my sons and my wife and things like that. But my sons get to benefit from this independent lifestyle more than it's taking away from us. Mm. And I'm sure if I was in the NBA, they would have a chance to be around players, be at the, you know, like last night we were at the Spurs game after the game and some of the players' sons were running around on the court just shooting around while, you know, players talk to family and friends. But I would be gone a lot where now I'm, I make my own schedule. Uh, we have a great relationship. You know, my youngest kind of likes it. My, my oldest one thinks he's going to be in the NBA because things of like, he sat there and watched George Hill work out and CJ Miles work out numerous times, or he sat on the bench for 500 plus varsity games, yeah. or I get to coach his team and develop him. And, you know, they've traveled to Toronto and Cleveland for playoff games and met with players and hung out with NBA players afterwards. And it's not just about hanging around with NBA players and stuff like that because I even teach them don't worry about an autograph build a relationship yeah but it's more that battle of um where can it help and where can it not help that fight mm. even to the point where I actually one thing I am trying to do is I'm looking at possibly trying to get a job in Italy with a women's pro teams where actually I'm going and since I'm going in February because it's it's like one game a week I get to take my family to Italy they get to experience Europe for nine months. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more playing that game because yes, I would love to be an NBA. No questions asked. I would I'd love to be a 10 year vet in the NBA right now as a skills trainer players on the guy. There's no question, but I just feel I have that, that responsibility to them to make sure everything's a fit the way it is, especially since things are good now. You know, if we were, if we were struggling dead broke and we needed money and that was the way I could fix that, then yeah, it wouldn't. Be, I would, that would just have to be the move I'd have to make. Coach, I know you have to go here in just a bit. I just wanted to ask one last question about your um, take on things. What advice would you give to young basketball players if you had to just give them one tip um, on reaching their goals? Bet on themselves and go all in. Perfect. Bet on themselves 
and go all in. Surround themselves around the people that they can help them get there. But this day and age, players are so, oh, I got this trainer. If only I had this trainer. Oh, I'm on this club team. Man, I need to be on a Nike circuit team. I need to, like, they're always looking for the external thing that's going to, that's going to supposedly in their mind close the deal. Hmm. And that's, or the app, or the, the this, and, and, and it's, it's, I get it because it's just what the generation has been taught through technology and how culture is changing, but it's, it's really misinformed. It's, it will never, as much as we become the Jetsons, as far as technology goes, it'll always be a Flintstones principle of bet on yourself, go all in, do the work. Like I said earlier, respect the game, be a good teammate and and build your value to the point where not that you hope you can get that next level, making a middle school team, making a varsity team, college scholarship pro, but work so damn hard. Excuse me, I don't know if I can say damn here, but uh, so darn hard that you're so good they can't help. They have to have you. They have to have you. Like they they would be. They can't find a way not to have you. I love and it. it you know, and, and, and there's going to be limitations. Some are going to be super tall. Some are going to be super strong. Some are going to be super fast. Some are going to be able to jump through the gym, and some aren't. But it doesn't matter. Steph Curry proves that right now. Clay Thompson yeah. proves that right now. Steve Nash proved that back then. You know, but they bet on themselves, and they go all in to build themselves. And then just the last piece of that, make sure it's not just basketball. Build your production and your results, your capability to build results in yourself as a human because you still got to be a student or if you're not a student, then you've got to be a professional and that takes a lot of personal growth and just bet on yourself, go all in on yourself and on basketball, your ability in both of those. Coach, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it and I really wish you the very best of luck going forward. Thank you. It's been fun to be on and if i can ever repay the favor please let me know hey guys don't forget to share like and subscribe